Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? Let's go! From the IMLD Home Studios, in its ninth season, you are listening to, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Your football party is live with your hosts, Jay and Dre. Your football party is indeed live, and it is extremely weird for a few different reasons. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you on an early Sunday morning, October the 31st, 2021. I am Dre, riding solo this morning. My co-host Jay is off with his family up in Door County in Wisconsin, enjoying a Halloween getaway weekend. So it was going to be a strange show anyway, 45 minutes solo, nothing but picks. Don't think I have anything for an after show. Uh, Let's see how my voice holds up after 45 minutes with no breaks anyway. And then it got even stranger this morning. I don't know if this is a blog talk radio issue or some sort of Internet attack in general, but I am on the phone. Uh, I am not uh, calling in. Uh, using my microphone like I normally do because the website wouldn't let me. I kept getting the same message that uh, this site is not secure when I tried to log in and, and host a show through the computer. Then when I called in as uh, the host, called on my phone like I'm doing right now, I got a message I never heard. Now, I don't call in using the phone line ever as a, as a host. I don't remember doing that since the early days of the of the podcast nine years ago. But I got a message, and I never heard it, and I'm still on the phone anyway, despite it, said that this phone call is outside of our plan, our phone plan, and, and it's going to cost me a, a minute, uh, a cent a minute, I think, uh, to, to continue the call. Is it a cent or a dollar? I don't know. I honestly... I'm I'm so rattled when I heard that message because I never heard anything like that before. Um, But there was literally no other way for me to get in to host the show because there's only two ways, through the computer and through the phone. And through the computer, as I said, uh, using various web browsers, not just one, but I tried two, using various computers because, as you may know, I have a new computer, and it was giving me that message on the new computer, and I was like, oh, maybe this is – you know, extra security that my new computer is providing that the old one doesn't. So I broke out the old computer and tried it. It gave me the same damn message. So it's not anything to do with the computer. Uh, It's something, like I said, I don't know if it's blog talk radio or if there's some nefarious Internet uh, activity going on in general that is giving me that message that said that I could not host the show through the computer because the link was not secure. I've never seen that. I don't remember ever seeing that. And like I said, I never heard of the uh, phone call uh, 
calling in through the show. Uh, the, the phone line uh, is outside our plan. That's the reason that's even more crazy telling me that it's outside our plan is because my wife just updated our plan not that long ago, maybe a few months ago, to include international calling because of the uh, trips that we knew we were taking outside of the United States uh, to Mexico and then the cruise last month. So I don't understand how a call to this this number to the host call-in show is area code 425. That's uh, Washington State. How can I – how do we have a plan that we can call – internationally, that we can call while we're in Mexico, we can call America and not incur extra charges, and yet I'm sitting here in America calling a phone number in America, um, and I'm getting extra charges. I have no idea what's going on. It's it's creepy. It's spooky. It's strange. I was already frazzled and rattled knowing that I had to host a show by myself trying to get the picks uh, arranged. Uh, I Jason sent me his pics over the phone. He sent me a screenshot of them, and then it dawned on me this morning, hey, he didn't have a lock. So I'm, I'm texting him, hoping that he uh, is, is awake and, and whatever he's in the middle of this morning, uh, I think he should be on his way back home with his family. And I'm like, I hope he sees this before the show starts, uh, me asking him, hey, buddy, I need a, a text. Uh, I need a lock from you. And he saw it, and he Simply responded back, expand the screenshot that I sent you. And sure enough, there's no, there's nothing else uh, in that screenshot that I didn't see except for the bottom line, which was my lock. Um, everything else, I, I had all, you know, 14 of his other picks uh, in that screenshot, so I thought that's all he sent me. And he had to let me know, hey, you want to expand that? Because my lock is there. It's just, you know, at the bottom of it. So it was already a, a weird, strange morning uh, before this craziness started with the show um there's only one explanation man halloween it is absolutely 100 percent halloween it's the day of halloween this isn't the day before this isn't the day after this isn't the week of halloween i am hosting this show solo on actual halloween with weird messages coming out of my computer and i'm incurring charges hosting this show uh for you, for the people, uh, well, what people, I don't know. We, we, we do have some listeners. We do have a, a few loyal listeners throughout the years. Uh, I do know that the, uh, the numbers prove it. We actually have a, a steady number of people that tune into the show. I don't know if they're exactly the same people. They probably are. But whoever they are, we uh, love and appreciate each and every one of you. And if you're up this morning early uh, trying to listen and get our picks for week eight, then I should stop uh, babbling on and I should get right to them. Um, I do want to let you know that there's several ways to contact us. There's a phone line, which I don't even know if that'll work today, so maybe not. Plus, it's you know our, our time is a little limited. I got 45 minutes live to do the picks, um, but you can email the show always. I'd love to hear anybody's questions or comments. Uh, you will send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre, and you can follow Jason at IMLDJPG. Uh, when you follow me, of course, I will let you know when the show is live. Uh, this very unusual early morning show, uh, if you're a regular listener and we didn't come up last night, you're like, wait, where are they? What happened? Did they skip a show? Well, if you follow me on Twitter, you know 
that were alive right now because I did send out that tweet. I managed to, uh, with all this craziness and confusion I did, at least manage to do that still. Uh, but yeah, here we go. Week 8 in the NFL. We started off week 8 uh, with a spooky, scary uh, decision on Thursday night to doubt Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he has all these weapons that are missing. His number one receiver, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, uh, all out with the goop. Uh, we'd say, hey, Arizona's undefeated. They're hot. They're rolling. You, you can't doubt Arizona, uh, especially in this spot at home facing a depleted Packers team. Well, we doubted Aaron Rodgers, and that's what we get. Uh, now, he would have covered the spread either way, but it is worth pointing out that the Cardinals still should have won the game. Uh, as anyone who saw that last play of the game knows, uh, that A.J. Green just had a complete brain fart. And I, I don't understand, especially a, a player of his caliber, a receiver that's made so many big catches, so many big plays, might go to the Hall of Fame someday. That's how good he was. Uh, for him to run a route in the end zone and just forget about that, oh, I got to turn around and catch the ball? Oh, that, yeah, that's a real important part of football is, is catching the ball when you get open. And A.J. Green uh, forgot to turn around and forgot to try to even make an effort to catch the ball, and as a result, it goes right into the uh, Packers. The defensive back's hand for the INT in the end zone to seal the victory for the Packers and give the Cardinals their first L of the season. And I, I felt for Kyler Murray, my heart went out to him because he was clearly hobbled. At some point, he banged his knee, I think, on the turf. And he's clearly trying to gimp and, and limp his way through and try to get this victory. And he did what he had to do to get the victory, and he's rewarded by uh, getting credit for an INT on a ball that he threw back shoulder perfect to A.J. Green, which if he turns around, the ball's going to be right there, and he's going to reach out and catch it, and the DB can't do anything about it. But when you don't turn around, you let the DB make a play on the ball because you're not making a play on the ball, and that's how the Packers beat the Cardinals. But – even without that, Aaron Rodgers did enough to cover the number. Packers, uh, as six-and-a-half-point dogs, six-point dogs, uh, I guess don't ever discount Aaron Rodgers, no matter what the situation is. He is so cool, so relaxed, so calm. Uh, he found a way to lead that team to victory, even without his best receiver. Um, and it, it was uh, just another example, as a longtime Bears fan, of why Aaron Rodgers is so disgustingly good and why it's so – uh, gut-wrenching that we can't find one quarterback in all these years, and the the, the rivals of North, the Packers, have found two uh, in a span of like three decades. That let's see, four decades. The far started in the let's see the nineties. Yeah, that's parts of four decades that the Packers have been dominating us quarterback-wise, and it's 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 sick. Uh, so before I throw up, and I'm definitely getting sick thinking about it. Let's go on and get these picks in for Week Eight in the NFL. So Jason sent his picks. He's got a little blurb, something to say uh, about each pick. And, of course, I've got my picks, and Jason does have his lock, despite me uh, thinking that he didn't. So here we go. Right down the list, um, we will start with uh, the Panthers and the Falcons in the NFC South. And, by the way, I'm again, I'm on the phone line. I'm on my, my earbuds here. Um, I hope everything is picking up. There's no co-host. I can't find out if, if everything is being heard correctly. I have no idea if this is sounding bad or if it's uh, not being heard at all. I won't know until after the show is over. 
Hopefully, everything turns out well. If you can hear this and you're looking for the pics, they will be up on the blog after I'm through with the show. And the blog site is uh, – I always forget the blog site. I don't know why. I'm, it's, we've been doing this for so many years. Uh, in much less detail, blogspot.com. That's the, uh, that's the blog site. That's where all our pics will be listed after this show is over. Okay. NFC South, Panthers at Falcons, Carolina's three and four, Atlanta is three and three. Uh, injury issues for the Panthers, their defense, much maligned, fraudulent defense, uh, could get some boost. Shaq Thompson, the linebacker, could return today. Stephon Gilmore, the defensive back uh, cut by the Panthers, he could make his debut today. But more Chubba Hubbard at running back because Christian McCaffrey is still on the bench. Uh, with his injury, and that's a huge deal. You can't really fully trust the Panthers, even if you think their defense is not fraudulent. They're still running a much inferior running back out there to try to run this offense with Sam Bradford. Uh, Cop-out line, Panthers are three-point underdogs at the Falcons. That's actually a bit of a surprise, thinking about the Falcons a few weeks ago and the Panthers a few weeks ago. The Panthers would have been huge favorites on the road three or four weeks ago because everyone thought Sam Bradford and the Panthers were on their way to being, you know, one of the top contenders in the, uh, in the NFC, but they have definitely stumbled on hard times and taken a big fall back. Uh, Matty Ice discovered Kyle Pitts finally the last few weeks, and he must keep that up if the, if the Falcons are going to come through as three point favorites. Um, they've got to hammer home that ultimate matchup nightmare, uh, whatever, your defense is, whether it's fraudulent or not, if you got Kyle Pitts out there, you got to be thinking, oh, Jesus, how are we going to cover that guy? Um, but with a fraudulent defense, Jason and I both definitely feel comfortable taking the Falcons and giving the three. Jason says Falcons by a TD over the paper champions, and I concur. I've got Falcons uh, by nine in that spot. Uh, moving on to the Steelers and the Browns in AFC North action. So this one is interesting because of the playoff game from last year where the Cleveland Browns, uh, the much maligned Browns, got the uh, franchise highlight of a lifetime, knocking off the Pittsburgh Steelers in a playoff game at home at Pittsburgh. Went up there and housed them. Went up there and embarrassed them and smacked them around. Uh, that is definitely, if the Browns go on and win the championship or make a Super Bowl, you have to look at that game as a big turning point in the franchise because they've been so inferior to the Steelers for all these years, and they uh, not only turned it around on them, but turned it around in a big way, like really hammered them and, and smacked them around. So you know the Steelers are going to want to be out for revenge on that. Steelers 3-3, three and three, Browns 4-3, and three. Uh, no Eric Ebron for the Steelers. He's got a hammy. Uh, no Kareem Hunt at running back for the Browns, but Nick Chubb does return. They had both of those guys out the last game they played and still managed to win. But Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is going to return from his calf injury today. Uh, Baker Mayfield will also return from all his injuries, his broken back, and everything that's going on with him. And, of course, Jay and I both wonder, is that good or bad? Is, are the Browns better or worse with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback? I think that's one of those situations where Baker saw – you know, Case Keenum, it's not like Case Keenum lit up the world in that Thursday night victory, but he did lead the Browns to victory, and Baker was probably like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, I, I can go, I'm better, I can go, I, I don't have to miss any more games, I'm fine, um, even though he's really not fine, clearly not fine. We've all seen the reports uh, that he's got 
a broken bone in his back and, and really needs surgery to, to take care of that, but he's going to try to play through it. Uh, the defensive back Denzel Ward is not going to play for the Browns today with a hamstring injury. That might be significant. I think Big Ben comes back from the bye, uh, hooks up with his receiving core, and goes for close to 300 yards, just getting revenge from last uh Last season, the playoff game, um, being rested up, you know, rest is so important to Big Ben, as old as he is. I don't know if he's got too many huge games in him, but I got a feeling this is going to be one of them. Um, and I got the Steelers out for revenge uh, to win straight up in, in this spot. They got a blitz baker to oblivion, don't they? He's all beat up and he's got broken bones and stuff. Uh, they they got to go out and just attack, 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 and, and put him on the ground several times, I would think. So I definitely got the Steelers. Jason's getting cute. He thinks Cleveland will win a squeaker, but the Pittsburgh pass rush will get after a wounded Baker. So we both see the same uh, basic problem for the Browns is they got a hobbled guy out there at quarterback, and that doesn't bode well to cover a four-and-a-half-point spread. Um, but I got Pittsburgh to win straight up, and Jason has Cleveland straight. But we both got the Steelers and the points. All right, Rams at Texans. Los Angeles at six and one, Houston at one and six. Uh, did I say sick? I meant six. That was actually a Freudian slip. That was a real life Freudian slip. I did not mean to say one and sick, but the Texans are sickly to watch. Uh, they got more General Mills out there at quarterback. Davis Mills is going to once again get the start after there was a little speculation that Tyrod Taylor would be healed up enough to make the start for Texans. He is not, and so it'll be uh, Davis Mills once again. 16 and a half is the big number. Rams on the road, minus 16 and a half at the Houston Texans, and not much to talk about. Jason and I both don't see any any fight uh, in the Houston Texans. Jason, one good drive for General Mills, which is what he's usually good for. That's not going to be enough uh, to cover 16 and a half. I got the Rams winning by three touchdowns, and Jay and I both concur. We give the huge, huge, big number, biggest spread of the week, 16 and a half. We both will give all the points and take the L.A. Rams. More big road favorite, big points. Bengals, wow, Cincinnati Bengals, big points on the road, giving up the big points at the New York Jets. Who would have thunk? So this incredible start to the season for the Bengals continues. They are 5-2, and two, and they are 11-point road favorites at the 1-5 New York Jets. The Jets are an awful, awful team, but at least they have the rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson, sort of learning and feeling his way about and maybe getting incrementally better. He's not even going to be out there. He got hurt, of course, in the last game. So the new Jets quarterback is someone named Mike White. I know nothing about Mike White. He, uh, I don't watch college football anymore. I used to, but I work Saturdays now. So uh, I, I, all these guys that come in, if they're not first-round picks, I've probably never heard of them or never saw them at all. So I had to go to uh, Roto World, which uh, the website goes by a different name, something affiliated with NBC Sports now. I don't know, but uh, they're still Roto World to me. So I had to look up the scouting report on Mike White coming out of college, and Roto World called Mike White a rich man's Tom Savage. I got to admit, I don't really even know what the hell that means, but I don't think it's good. <laughs> I don't think it's a compliment. I'm just, uh, I'm going to speculate there. Uh, I'm going to give the big points and take the Cincinnati Bengals minus 11. I can't believe I'm doing that. I did not think the Bengals were going to be any good, but you got to admit they are much, much better than most of us thought they would be, especially that 
uh, combination, uh, Jamar Chase catching and uh, Joe Burrow throwing seems to be pretty much unstoppable right now. So I'm actually going to give the big points and take the Bengals to win by a couple of touchdowns. Jason says this is a huge letdown spot for the Cincinnati Bengals. Expect them to be flat early and pull out a win late, but he is taking the points. He is taking Mike White and the New York Jets to cover at home as 11-point underdogs, and good luck to Jay for that. But I can't make too much fun of it over the years. Uh, Jay has had some picks where I just kind of laugh or shake my head and go, why are you doing that? Okay, and then he winds up pulling it out. So this is this very well may be another one of those. And I have to admit, it's a little crazy to trust the Cincinnati Bengals as double-digit road, uh, uh, road favorites. So uh, maybe I'm the one that's being crazy in this spot. All right, the San Francisco 49ers and the Chicago Bears. This is a uh, moment where I'm glad that Jason's not on the show because I would have to hear him go on and on about the last time the, uh, the uh, 49ers came into Soldier Field and played the Bears, which was uh, – it wasn't – was it the last time? I think it was the last time San Fran came to Chicago was this uh, awful Colin Kaepernick performance where it was it was atrocious. And uh, Jay really loves laughing at Colin Kaepernick uh, when he has bad – things happen to him. He's, he's clearly not a fan of, of Colin and all of his uh, antics and, and stances and whatnot. Um, it was a terrible, terrible game. Um, this one might not be much better uh, because the Bears have Justin Fields, who is clearly feeling his way along uh, at quarterback and, and not anywhere near where he should be at this stage of his rookie year. I think with much better coaching, he would be much farther along. And San Francisco, I don't know uh, what you think of them, but Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't seem like he's the man. Uh, he keeps showing that he's got tendencies to lead the offense, but he also shows that he has tendencies to uh, fall short and stumble right when the team needs him the most. Uh, big injuries for both teams. A lot of defensive players uh, are not going to play for the 49ers. They're having a bad situation again. Just defenders getting hurt all over the place. As for Chicago, uh, they've got one big defender that's not going to play. Khalil Mack has a bad foot. He is out for this game. They're, they've got other defenders that are banged up as well uh, that are going to play, but maybe won't be anywhere near 100%. And even with all that, I still think it's going to be a low-scoring slugout because both of those quarterbacks are, are quarterbacks that you really can't trust. Um, I like the Chicago defense uh, to come out on top versus the not-fully-confident Janine Garoppolo. Uh, Matt Nagy's got the goop, the coach of the uh, the head coach of the Bears that I clearly uh, have no love or respect for. I think he should have been fired a couple years ago. Um, this might be a good thing for Justin Fields that you don't have Matt Nagy out there calling plays. Maybe somebody else will take over. At that they said who's going to be his replacement. I didn't bother to remember or, or write it down who the who's going to be uh, taking over for Matt Nagy, but it, it's going to be someone other than Matt Nagy in Justin Fields' ear and thinking up plays and, and designing plays. And, and maybe that'll be a, a good thing. Maybe Justin will feel comfortable to improvise a little more. Maybe whoever takes over will get him, uh, will be a little more creative with the play calling. Uh, but I'll take Chicago to win straight up as four-point underdogs. I don't know if I got to the spread, but San Fran uh, at two and four is actually four-point favorites on the road at the three and four Chicago Bears. And I'm not mad at that line because that's how bad Justin Fields, is, Justin Fields has looked at times this season. He's looked completely out of his element at times, but at other times he's made some plays. And it actually seems to be um, usually at home is when he plays a lot better. These these games that he's actually flashed and, and showed some ability, 
um, have been the, the home game. So maybe there's something about home and road with the kid. Um, so I'm going to take Chicago. So is Jay. He says the defense steps up against the Niners and the Bears won a close one. I feel exactly the same way. I can see the Bears pulling this out by like a point or something. Um, but I, I love the under in that game either way. Okay, on to the Eagles and the Lions. Philadelphia at 2-5 and five, and Detroit at 0-7. Oh and, uh, and both quarterbacks have had rumors swirling about that maybe they are going to be replaced sometime soon. we got the trade deadline coming up. So um, Eagles have been wrapped up in some uh, – on the bottom of, of some of the uh, Deshaun Watson rumors uh, and, and other – quarterbacks and of course Detroit and Jared Goff uh, uh his coach is already talking about eh, he needs to step up and do better so we know there's no uh love loss there uh the Eagles are still the road favorite uh they give three and a hook at the Lions and you know the Lions they fight they they bite your ankles they bite your kneecaps uh but they haven't uh, pulled out a victory yet so this might be uh one of uh, a few chances that they have to get a win. It feels like both uh, teams really need the, the victory, but Detroit, of course, with no wins, you know, they need it more than anybody. Uh, there's not too many other W's on the skid. When you look at the Lions, uh, look down the list of their future opponents. I got to, I'm going to be sick again, but I, I got to think the best chance for Detroit to win a game after this uh, might be Thanksgiving day against the fucking bears. That's how bad uh, Chicago has been this year. Um, so this is one of the few chances for the lions. I'm going to, I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the, uh, the, the kneecap biters uh, to knock off the Eagles. Uh, Miles Sanders is down with an ankle injury for the, uh, for the Eagles. And he is definitely an underrated running back, almost five yards per game this season and almost five yards per game uh, per, per, I see per game per rush. I, I apologize almost five yards per carry this season for Miles Sanders and almost five yards per carry for his career. He is so consistent. He hits that hole and he's one of those guys that you don't realize there's a whole list of young running backs that are really aggressive and really hit the hole and have a future if they can stay healthy as some of the maybe top backs in the league going down the road. And I think Miles Sanders is one of those. I've been a fan of his since his rookie year. Uh, but he has an ankle injury, and he is down, and I think that's a big, big deal. Uh, it's going to allow Detroit to uh, hang in there and come back and, and maybe win the game late through the air, um, which is something I don't trust uh, Jalen Hurts to do for the Eagles. So uh, Jason says this is another cute pick. The Lions are going to lose close and make the coach cry yet again. So he's actually got the Lions with me with the points. Uh, but he thinks the Eagles are going to pull it out late, straight up. But it doesn't matter. We got the we got Detroit, uh, whether they win or lose. Detroit plus three and a half. We're both going with the Lions. The Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. This is the third of four double-digit lines this week, so it gets tighter after this um, until the Monday nighter. Uh, but this is Miami and all their struggles. Uh, they're one and six. They are awful. They got the first win of the season and haven't won since. And they look worse pretty much every week. Uh, Brian Flores really looks like a dead man walking to me. Don't know if he survives this season. Uh, the Bills, of course, uh, lost their opener and rebounded back up to just go on a slaughtering tour. Uh, their next, uh, their, their four wins after that, he just completely bushwhacked and, and destroyed everybody. And then they finally uh, got their comeuppance uh, last week. Uh, so now Bills at four and two back home. 
Bills Mafia stand up in Buffalo. They are 14-point favorites against the division rival Dolphins. I'm sure they feel great about that. Uh, two touchdowns is a lot, um, and they still don't have their tight end, Dawson Knox, with that, the hand broken hand that he suffered a couple weeks ago. Um, so a little shorthanded, uh, but it's it's Dolphins. Um, Devontae Parker might return for them from injury, but he might not. Um, they've actually played in week two, and think about that. Uh, Buffalo coming off of losing their opener, I think, to Pittsburgh, and Miami coming off of winning their opener at New England. All the hope, all the, the good feelings, all the good vibes in Miami. Um, and they hosted the Buffalo Bills and lost 35 to nothing in week two. Uh, Bills got, well, you talk about getting right. That's how you get right. They got right after that week one loss. They knocked uh, Tua Tango Valoa out of the game on the second series. So that was uh, Jake Brisket. That was Jack Brisket trying to uh, get into, uh, to lead the Dolphins uh, and, and led them to zero points. So obviously that didn't go well for Miami, and it's been downhill pretty much ever since. Uh, so we're going to both concur and take Buffalo and give the 14. We're both giving a lot of big points this week, the uh, the Rams and the Bills, um, and I gave the uh, the Bengals as well. Jay says Bills has been, have been rolling up bums, and the Dolphins are definitely a bum. There is nothing to indicate that the uh, the Dolphins are anything but bums. They feel like DOA. The, the whole team feels like they're dead on arrival. I think that uh, Falcons lost that last second loss to Atlanta last week when Tua finds a way to summon up some good play and comes back and uh, gets the, the Dolphins in the lead, but then they lose on the very last second to a field goal. I think that was their last gas. I think if the Dolphins were going to turn anything around this year, that was it, and they, they didn't do it. And so, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to come out and give the Bills too much fight. So I, I concur with Jay, and we both give the 14. This should be a good one. Titans Colts, AFC South action. Titans five and two, and boy, are they on a roll! Uh, I don't know if you can get two. Think of think of the NFL right now, and think of two teams uh, that you you roll up uh, back to back. Bills Chiefs. Now the Chiefs, of course, are have their their myriad of issues, but it's still the Chiefs, and of course the Bills have been uh, awesome. So. I don't know if there's going to be a back-to-back -back more impressive by any team this year than, say, we beat the Bills and the Chiefs back-to-back, uh, -back, and that's what the Tennessee Titans did at home. Now they go on the road to the 3-4 the and four Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz, who has been playing better and better. You know, can't take anything away from that. Definitely surprised to see the public go ahead and, and give the Colts the, the home advantage and, and – treat the Titans like they're just another team coming in. Titans are two-and-a-half-point dogs. Like, I don't know what more the Titans would have had to do the last couple of weeks uh, defeating the Bills, who have been destroying everybody before they came in, and then housing the Chiefs, just completely, you know, bitch-slapping the Kansas City Chiefs last week. And they're still underdogs? That's That's really hard to believe. And yet, I'm taking the Colts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton looks to come back from his quad injury. He's definitely a big piece for the Colts, uh, big uh, veteran weapon, veteran presence in the receiving core. And you get that on one side that frees up Michael Pittman Jr. on the other side to make plays. Um, I, I like Indy. I think they're uh, 
I think this experiment bringing in Carson Wentz was just something that if they didn't have the connection between Wentz and the, and the coach, uh, Frank Reich, I don't think they would have tried to bring him in and, and make him the star. They might have brought him in anyway, but maybe as a, you know, competing as a backup or something like that. But I, I don't know if there's any other teams after what Wentz did last year with the Eagles that would have brought Wentz in and said, yeah, we can take a chance on him. I can make him whole again. But Reich took that opportunity and it's, it's working. Um, after Wentz got over all those injuries, uh, he's been playing well. Um, and Julio Jones is missing for the Titans again with a hamstring injury, uh, so that's big. They that that's an experiment. That's another free agent experiment that so far is not working out. Uh, Julio is so beat up. I don't know if he's ever going to be the Julio that uh, that he used to be. Uh, but both teams trending up. Um, I feel like Tennessee got comfy at home, and and they may not be up necessarily for the road test. You know, two big wins both at home. Uh, I don't know if they're necessarily going to be ready for for the road test and the indie front seven plays derrick henry well historically so this is another game i don't expect derrick henry to go crazy um he didn't go crazy last week against the chiefs i would have thought he would have went off against kansas city but they actually hemmed them in and held them down under 100 yards and i think the colts are have a much much better run defense so i think they're going to do even better uh, this is another rematch. Um, these two played in week three. The Titans won uh, down in Nashville 25-16, to 16, but that was one of those uh, – Carson Wentz is one of those two bad ankles uh, games that he had. Um, he had. He had a game where he sprained both of his ankles, and he tried to play through it. He was, he was no match for the Titans in that game. I, I watched that whole game. He was so immobile and uh, inaccurate because he was playing on two ba- really bad ankles. Uh, but clearly his ankles are, are better, and he's playing much better. So I, I actually got the Colts in this one. Jason said, hey, nice run by the Colts, what they've been doing lately. But Tennessee, they're the class of the division. They are rolling, and Jason has got the Titans. I don't blame them at all. Like I said, I was stunned to see that they're underdogs. But I just got a feeling I think the Colts are going to pull this one out today. All right, late afternoon action. The Jacksonville Jaguars go up to the Seattle Seahawks, and we got the – Wonderful quarterback duel of Trevor Lawrence versus Geno Smith. Lord help us all. Uh, could be worse. It could have been a nationally televised game for some reason. You know, they, people fall in love with the number one picks and, and give them big showcase games sometimes. So they could have said, hey, Trevor Lawrence and Russell Wilson, we've we got to put this on Sunday night or something. So at least it's a game that none of us have to watch. Uh, the Jags are one in five. They got that one win uh, in England, the, the London Jaguars. Uh, went over there and, and knocked off the Falcons. Um, and now they're back uh, after a bye week over here stateside, but they have to travel all the way up to the Pacific Northwest to take on Geno Smith and the 2-5 and five Seattle Seahawks. Uh, the Seahawks are still favored because it's the Jaguars. So I don't uh, I don't blame my – I definitely understand this line. Jags are plus three and a hook at the Seahawks. I, I get it. Uh, but, look, kind of similar to uh, to the Detroit Lions – not too many places on the schedule that the Jags are going to get a, another victory. They got their one. Um, it's an amazing streak of, of games for the Seahawks where Geno Smith is proving why he's oh God Geno Smith. This is exactly why when we see Geno Smith, Jay and I have the exact same reaction because this goes back to when he was uh, with the Jets, when he was a rookie in his second year one night and he was getting opportunities. And every time he got in there and he – made the really boneheaded play or threw the really terrible interception, we just were both like, oh, God, Geno Smith, he's so terrible. But uh, here he is with another chance thanks to the Russell Wilson injury. 
I'm taking the Jags to win. I think Trevor Lawrence is uh, getting a little better uh, each game. Um, got the bye week to get prepared for this. Got the Legion of Room. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, Trevor to go for about 250 and, and definitely being backed up by one of the top running games, one of the top running backs in the league, James Robinson. Um, the Jags are, are maybe a, a more whole team than the Seahawks right now. The Seahawks are ha- clearly hampered offensively with a quarterback, and they clearly still have uh, defensive issues. Uh, so I'm actually going to take the Jags and win that game straight up. Jason says, which defense blows more? Who actually cares? And he's going to take the Seahawks. That, that's one of his just because uh, type picks, which scares me because he usually seems to win those. Uh, so I got the Jags. He's got the Seahawks. New England and the Clippers, uh, Patriots at three and four. I, I laughed so hard at Bill Belichick uh, running up the score on the on the Jets last week. Jets got their rookie quarterback hurt. Uh and just limping along, trying to get to the end of the game, and Belichick still throwing the ball, like, in the fourth quarter. And, you know, trying to, uh, again, another college coach uh, mentality almost, like he's trying to run up the score and impress the uh, the voting committee. Uh, Bill, you don't get a, a higher seed in the playoffs just because you, you win a game by 30 or 40 or 50 points. I don't, uh, you know, that's, that's Bill being a bully. That's Belichick uh, being smacked down the last year and a half and getting his reputation dinged a little bit by having such uh, such a decline after Tom Brady left, and now he gets a chance to beat up on somebody, and, and that's what the bullies do. They find somebody who's weak, and they get a chance, and they, they beat up on him. So Bill, once again, showing his character. you know, And, and you know, the Jets are a pro, a pro franchise, so if they want him to stop beating up on him, they need to stop him. So it's not like I'm saying he should have taken it easy, but you, know, you just know every other coach in that situation. Uh, fourth quarter, you're up 20-whatever points. The other team's quarterback is out. You know, you can run. You can go ahead and, and run the ball. You don't have to take a knee or anything, completely give up. But you don't have to be throwing the, you know, for the end zone and trying to uh, get touchdowns. Uh, you know, for, for for what purpose? For who? For what? Uh, the Clippers will not be bullied. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are strong. Uh, they are not going to be bullied. Uh, Austin Eckler, their running back, missed practice this week with a hip injury. But it, um, I'm reading this morning, it looks like he's still going to give it a go. Um the Patriots, it's fruitless to read their injury list because all 52 of their players are listed as questionable. So that's Bill, again, playing games and not respecting anything. Um, Clippers must not buckle under to Damian Harris, who is uh, establishing himself as a strong running back as well for the Patriots. Um, that New England rush game is, is helping Mac Jones uh, because they clearly, as they showed last week, are trying to trust Mac Jones a little more. Uh, and I think I don't think they can do that without a rushing game. So. And that goes hand in hand for the Patriots, uh, and something to to look at. You, if you if you're a statner like me and you look on the the list and you see the Clippers dead last in rushing defense and giving up 5.4 yards per carry, that's very alarming. That makes you think, oh Jesus, the Patriots gonna, are going to come in and run down their throat. But I would look at the schedule in that respect because the last two opponents for the Chargers were the Browns and the Ravens. Everyone is going to look terrible playing the Browns and the Ravens. I think the Clippers actually bounce back um, and reestablish their their run defense, such that it is, and, and hold the uh, the Patriots to about 100 yards or so, and allow Justin Herbert to show that he's clearly the better quarterback on the field and lead the uh, the Chargers to victory. I'm taking LA. Uh, the spread is four and a half. New England plus four and a half at the Chargers. I'm taking the Chargers. Jason. Um, says Justin Herbert goes off at home and the Patriots can't keep up. Jason told me to expand his uh, screenshot to me to see what his lock of the week would be. 
and I expanded it, and it said Clipper Chargers. So that is Jason's lock this week is the L.A. Chargers to beat up on the bully Bill Belichick and the Patriots. All right, Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Uh, Bucks at six and one. Give four and a half at the four and two Saints. Uh, and Jameis, I, I had high hopes for Jameis Winston coming in this year as a new quarterback. I had the Saints as a playoff team, but it's clear the two things are clear through this first part of the season. Is one, Jameis is still Jameis, and he still makes some really stupid, erratic plays. And two, Sean Payton knows that and doesn't fully trust him, and he's going to continue to lean on the running game and, and use Jameis sort of sparingly, uh, even trading for Mark Ingram this week uh, in order to sort of go back to the thunder and lightning. Uh, I don't know how much thunder Ingram has left, but to team up with Alvin Kamara, because clearly – uh, Peyton has been using Alvin Kamara to death because he doesn't want to use Jameis Winston because he doesn't trust Jameis Winston, clearly. I think those things are absolutely clear. Uh, he's going to have only one quarterback again. He cannot use Taysom Hill to come in and out and, and uh, undercut Jameis because Taysom is still concussed. So Jameis revenge against Tampa, maybe. Uh, he's got the full game. He's not going to be taken down, so he's got his full opportunity to to get revenge on the team that drafted them number one and then let him go. Uh, Tampa still has some injury issues. Antonio Brown is out again with his ankle injury, but Gronk is working back. Rob Hankowski, I think he's going to play with his broken ribs today. Levante David, the talented linebacker, is also working his way back, and I think he's going to be uh, activated as well. Any and every outcome by the Saints is foreseeable, whether they rise up and win this game, whether they – uh, fall short, collapse completely. The New Orleans defense had success last year versus Tom Brady, so it, I could see them uh, having a, a big performance and, and coming through with a victory, uh, but I can also see them collapsing under Tom Brady, who's playing fucking MVP football at age 73 or whatever he is. Um, it, it would be great if Michael Thomas could show up this year. It would be really uh, interesting game if Michael Thomas was out there for the Saints, but, of course, he's still missing in action. Um, I, and I would love for him to be there just so t- uh, Sean Pickett to, could have even more confidence to use Jameis to exploit an exploitable Buccaneer secondary because they've got all sorts of injuries back there. And their secondary, that's been the way to beat them. Um, but it, it's not going to happen. He's not out there. Sean doesn't trust Jameis. Um, uh, everyone says watch the Marshawn Lattimore versus Mike Evans matchup. They really don't like each other, so that's always going to be a fight. But in the end, got to take Tampa. Uh, they're They're rolling. Uh, the Saints are definitely not a team that you want to trust. They're back and forth. So going to take Tampa, give the four and a half on the road. Uh, Jason uh, agrees. He says the Saints are too erratic to trust. Uh, Denver and Washington uh, won't spend any time on this one because they're two very nondescript teams. Um, watching the Washington D-line get after Aaron Rodgers last week, that's probably a bad thing for me. I got to see that live, and now I got hope again for, for the Washington potato skins. Um, now I think, hey, the defense, maybe last year they got going a little later. Maybe they'll do it again late this year. Maybe this will be the start of them kicking it off and getting back to doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, so Washington at two and five, they're plus three and a half at the three and four Denver Broncos. And I'm going to take Washington to win the game, low scoring battle, defensive, ugly. Von Miller might actually play after getting his knee bent to the side against the Cleveland Browns on that Thursday night game. I can't believe he's going to be out there, uh, but it's possible. He, he's a machine. Um, Jason's going to take Denver, give the three and a half. He said it scares him though, but uh, beer man, Taylor Heineken should be in trouble against the Broncos defense. On Sunday night, it's the Cowboys and the Vikings. 
Right now, the spread is Dallas at 5-1 plus 3 at the 3-3 three and three Vikings. All indications are that Dak Prescott and that calf that he hurt a couple weeks ago is not going to be able to go. They keep playing like he's a game-time decision, but all the if you read all the quotes from the coaching staff through the week and you read um, reporters, they'd be surprised if Dak was able to make it out there tonight. I don't know why this is the spread is still three. If it's going to be Cooper Rush at quarterback for Dallas, I think it's still people are still sort of waiting to see definitively if that's what's going to happen. I would slam Minnesota minus three. I would slam them money line straight up. Um, I, I really don't think it's going to be Dak. I think it's going to be Cooper Rush, and in that case, it's a complete, a complete mismatch. That's why. Minnesota minus three, that's my lock of the week. If you can hurry and get them minus three right now, because I think that's going to change closer to game time, of course. Um, Jason concurs and takes Minnesota. Vikings are better than their record indicates. Um, And Monday night, real quick, can I get it in? Giants plus ten and a half at the Chiefs. Giants are two and five. Chiefs are three and four. Hey, the Chiefs, how can you trust them right now? There's so many bad things to go wrong with them. Point spread-wise, you know, the offense is bad and the defense is terrible. How can you trust the minus 10 and a half? I'm taking the Giants. Jason is taking the Chiefs minus 10 and a half. If they can't get right against Danny Dimes at home, then they are truly doomed. And I understand that viewpoint, but until I see different, until I see Pat, you know, show me something, that he's feeling better, doing better, looking better, he, the way he's looking at things down the field right now, I don't like that. I don't like the double pumping and the triple pumping. I don't like his confidence level. I, I, I think he's got a lot of issues to work through. And even if he works through them, it's still the, the Chiefs' defense on the, on the other side, which is still awful. And that's why I can't trust minus 10.5 against just about anybody at this stage. Uh, I, I don't have the Giants winning the game. I can't do that. I'm, I'm not quite that down on the Chiefs, but I do have uh, – New York staying within a touchdown. Um, it's a nice soft bounce back spot for Pat, but that, that D, I just I can't trust the D. That's that's my issue right now. Is even if the offense comes back, the defense is so bad. Uh, so there it is. Uh, Giants plus ten and a half for me. Chiefs minus ten and a half for Jason. I will now count up our differences real quick before I leave the show. Um, I know we're in the after show right now, and the after show is about to end real soon because I've, I've been going for 45 minutes and I've got nothing else to add. Um, but I did get our, get in all of our picks live. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. 14 or yeah, 14 games left for this week, and Jay and I are different on five of them. That's about our average. I think that's a pretty fair number. Uh, so there it is. Uh, week eight in the NFL. All of our picks against the spread. Hopefully, uh, you enjoyed that solo show. And oof, it was it was tough. It was I was even more nervous than usual just because of all this situation with the phone line and, and racking up charges and. Hopefully it's only a, a cent a minute and not a dollar. I don't remember what the guy said. I, I we'll find out when we get the bill. Um, but I don't know why I couldn't get in on the computer like I like I usually could. But um, well, I, it, it, I found a way in and, and we did it. And hopefully by this time next week, there whatever was wrong with the uh, the connection where it's telling me that it's not secure and I can't get in. Hopefully. That'll be resolved, and we won't have to worry about that. Because if we do, 
that's a that's a problem. <laughs> if it gives if it gives me trouble again next week trying to, to host the show, um, I, I can't be calling in and, and spending money uh, calling into the show. I'm already spending money you know, to to host the show uh, as it is. Um, you know, on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, if those of you who still remember uh, the the free version uh, when we were first hosting the first year or two. Uh, the free version of hosting a show uh, had such limitations on it. You could only go a half hour, um, and you could and you couldn't do it through the computer at all. It wasn't an, an option. You had to call in on the phone line, and uh, and you had time limit uh, or time restraints as far as what time you could call in. We had to wait until we, we always do all our shows at nine central anyway, but. That's because Jason's kids are, you know, a priority, of course, and he eats dinner with them and puts them to bed and then uh, has time to do the show afterwards. But we got into the habit initially when we first started the podcast of doing the show at 9 o'clock because you you can't do it before 9 Central uh, in the free version. Um, And that's one of the big reasons why why we're paying every month to do this. Uh, The biggest reason is to be able to call in through the computer because doing it on the phone line, is uh, not only does it sound worse, but there's a bigger delay between me and him. Um, he, he's up in Wisconsin. I'm down here in Memphis, Tennessee. And there, there's a very slight delay when we do it on the computer, maybe half a second. But we've adjusted to that over the years. I think I don't think that affects us anymore. But there's like a full second delay when we call in on the phone line. And it's it can be, you know, off-putting. It can really mess with the with the flow, with the tempo, where you start talking, you think the other guy is finished, but he's not, and then you're kind of stepping all over each other. And, it, you know, it's not like we're professional broadcasters anyway, so that just makes it even worse. Um, so I'm just babbling on here, uh, keeping the, the meter going and paying even more money because I like paying money for phone plans in which I have an international plan, but I have to still pay for domestic calls. What? I don't know. I don't understand it. It's freaky. It's Halloween. That's about the only thing I can explain. I'm out of here. I am Dre for Jay, who is with his family, and we'll be back next week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, the solo version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, and slam those Vikings before the news comes out. The deck is out. That's my pick. That's my lock, and hopefully it comes through, and we will talk to you next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. 
That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.